Hello, this is Syed Balki. I'm the founder of WPBeginner.com, and I'm on the App Guy podcast. The App Guy podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. The App Guy Podcast. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy Podcast. It's me, your host, I'm Paul Kemp. And it's my job to go around the world and find the best guests that we can learn from. And so... You know, today is is really exciting because I've got um, an entrepreneur, a founder of uh, Instant House Call. And if you Google that, you'll see what it's all about. Instant House Call. Uh, his name is Corey Fruitman. And uh, he's uh, developed, uh, I guess, with his company, a couple of apps. And he's got a fantastic service. And we're looking forward to digging into your story. So, Corey, it's a warm welcome to the App Guy podcast. Hi, Paul. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for joining us. You know, we'd love to firstly start with just hearing a little bit of background about you uh, as an entrepreneur, what it is that inspired you to set up a company and found this uh, service. Uh, so perhaps you could fill us in and, and give us the, the background to how you got into it. Yeah, sure thing. So I have been, I, I, I've been an entrepreneur since um, a very young age. And uh, every, everything from lemonade stands to you name it. And eventually, as time went on, it obviously got more mature. And um, because I had a background in software, I ended up moving into making instant house call. Uh, it's something I really enjoy. I've always enjoyed entrepreneurship. It, uh, it runs through my family uh, end to end. And um, I, yeah, it's, it's been a fantastic journey. So I need to ask what age you got into it, because there was a guest that we had on that uh, said that he started as an entrepreneur at the age of seven, and we're just seeing if we can beat that. And so, uh, what age? <laughs> what age were you selling lemonade? Uh, I, 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 I might be able to rival that. I don't know the exact age, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me if I if I could give that other guest a run for his money. <laughs> uh, it's great that there is something in I guess our blood as entrepreneurs. Some of us start off as kids, uh, you know, just knowing we're always going to be like that. Some of us lose our way, for example, I did. So how how did you really convince people around you to, to stick your course and stay, stay focused on, on really being an entrepreneur? Well, I started out, um, I started out in, in terms of my IT career. I started out like a lot of people do in the corporate world. So my background... Um, professionally, I guess, would be in telecom. And you can actually see some of that influence when you're using a product like Instant House Call, uh, particularly if you're you know, looking at the, the, the bits in the back end. Um, but th there's only, you know, it, for people who are entrepreneurs, and I, I'm sure a lot of your audience can relate to this, for people who are entrepreneurs, there's just something in your blood. You just can't sit there in a corporate cubicle all day. Um, and uh, you just need to get out and reach out on your own and try different things. Um, so, you know, after, after checking out a, a bunch of different ideas, um, I, I, I settled on, on, on this one, at least, uh, at least for now. Right. And so, uh, this is episode 93. We've had uh, a lot of different episodes and what seems to be the common theme for entrepreneurs is uh, it's really focusing on problem solving. So what I'd, I'd like to understand from you, Corey, is uh, how you identified, you know, the problem and what it, what it is that Instant House Call is really trying to solve. 
it, it, it's actually, um, I, I'm sure a lot of your other guests have, have said something similar, but it was actually, I, I kind of fell into it backwards um, and it, it, over, over a number of years. So the way I got started was before I started my career in telecom, I worked at uh, a college in Toronto. Um, and when I, was, it, when I was working there, I worked in their deaf and hard of hearing services uh, department. Um, one of the deaf students that I was working with wanted to be a computer technician and uh, his his challenge was being deaf he wouldn't be able to he wouldn't be able to communicate with his clients very easily so the original idea for instant house call came from that uh, where I, I put something together for him that did a very basic remote and chat so that he wouldn't have to talk to his customers and then as time went on and as I reflected it uh, reflected on it you know in my cubicle in corporate land um, right. I <laughs> I decided, uh, you know, there, there's a market for this, and I, I, and continue to develop it. And uh, um, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears went uh, went into making the very first revision. And then once uh, once I released it, left uh, le- left corporate land and and moved out on my own. Now, there must have been times where you felt like giving up. I think that a lot of us, as we pursue our our dreams, uh, setting up our own thing, we often question whether it's the right thing to do. And did you ever have times uh, that you just felt that you wanted to give up? Um, times plural would be a very, very accurate description of it. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think we all feel that way, um, not even just from time to time, but, but quite, quite frankly, you know, quite a lot. And I think what distinguishes um, an entrepreneur from someone who prefers to, to work in uh, a different environment is, is is that drive the, the the desire to keep on moving forward in spite of whatever is happening at the moment, keeping your eye on the on on the on what's going to happen in the long run and what you can make happen. So Corey, we you've got a couple of apps that I know uh, that you developed uh, that are part of this. But before we discuss those, maybe it's worth just giving us a brief overview of uh, what Instant House Call uh, does uh, and how it helps uh, you know clients. Yeah, absolutely. So Instant House Call is remote support software. And what that means is if you've ever had someone remotely control your computer, um, you know, move your mouse, type on your keyboard, that sort of thing, to provide technical support or even just to help you with an Excel spreadsheet, uh, that's what Instant House Call does. Where it's different from some of the other stuff you might have used in the past, like remote desktop or some other tools, is that it goes through firewalls very, very easily. So there's no configuration. Um, and uh, for that reason, we focus you know, very, very much on the, uh, the IT support world. Uh, we do also have a free app that's more for, um, for, for the consumer world. Um, and that, that, that's what people use Instant House Call for. Oh, okay. So then uh, you've got a couple of apps. I know Windows 8 uh, and Android. And so uh, perhaps you could test, tell us what it was like setting those up. And uh, did you outsource the developer? development work did you uh, try and build that capability internally did you do it yourself uh, perhaps you can tell so, us about that yeah absolutely um we we have um depending on your definition of app so we do have like a desktop application uh for for regular standard windows um a couple of them actually um and then we have in the sort of app world the mobile app world we've got a windows 8 app as you as you mentioned and uh, and an android app and you know what? I'm going to have to ask you to, to reflect back. What what was the what uh, what what was the original question? I'm sorry. Yeah. So, uh, just um, I guess 
how did you end up developing those? Did you do them internally? Did you outsource the development work uh, to a remote team? Uh, you know, is this your own work or is it outsourced work? Right. Thank you. So the Win32 app or the Windows desktop app, rather, um, the initial revision of it was something that uh, that that I had made um, literally between my couch and my coffee table on a half broken laptop. Um, and then as time went on and the demands grew, um, I continued to hire people to to assist with it because, you know, there's only so much one person can do. Um, so the current revision that everybody is using right now probably has very little of my own my own actual code in it. Um, we've we've advanced a, a fair bit since then. Um, and uh, then everything on the app side from Windows eight and the Android stuff, uh, that's that that's all done by uh, by by folks who have been who've been working with me for quite some time now. Well, Corey, this is an inspiration because there's many indie app developers who are looking perhaps to expand their teams. And, you know, at some point, we don't know when, but at some point we have to almost, uh, I guess, take a back seat from the business and employ people that are better than us to actually then run the business and, uh, you know, develop the software. So uh, perhaps you can take a Take us back to that point where you you knew it was taking off, and then you had to commit to employing people. How did that feel? Did it was, did it make you feel scared? Perhaps you can just give us an insight back to that time when you started employing people and, and really taking the business off. That that was a very challenging thing for me. So um, there was there I, I had an attitude which I now know was wrong, but I had an attitude at the time that nobody could do it as well as I can. No one's going to understand it. It's going to be very hard for them to to do as good a job as I can. Um, and the reality is um, that they can – having more people, having that diversity of thought, that diversity of opinions really strengthens a product a great deal. Um, so at, at the time, I was very concerned about the, the cost implications. I was very concerned about the quality implications. And um, it, it, that, it, it's, a, it's a very important jump to make. Um, and uh, it, 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 you're, you'll never expand your business without, without making that leap. And I know how it feels. I know how difficult it can be for an entrepreneur. But it really is the best way to it, – it's the only way to grow your business. Yeah, it's it's interesting because like from my background, I uh, decided to run a business and employ people almost immediately uh, because they had the skill set that I needed to run the business. And it was it was the reverse, uh, the, I guess, from from what you did, which is building it yourself and then sort of getting stretched and then employing people and then growing the business that way. So because I did mine the, the wrong way around, it I, I I found most of my uh, time was being spent on uh, issues of employees. And the whole kind of, you know, uh, just took a lot of time. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I'm really scared now of expanding uh, my business by uh, employing people. So hence, uh, just, just why I wanted to focus on that particular part of the growing your business. Because I think for uh, the people listening, indie app developers, you know, that have been so used to working on their own, that just almost giving up certain parts of their tasks, their daily routines is, is quite challenging, even though, uh, you know, we may be at stretching point. So, <clears throat> so Corey, uh, the two apps. Then uh, I noticed that it's Windows eight, Android. We've got a missing iPhone. Is there a reason for that? The uh, the iPhone app is uh, is coming in the future. So the Android app is a very very new addition. Right now, as we speak, it's actually in beta. Um, but uh, but we so we did Android first. We programmed in Xamarin, which I imagine you're familiar with. 
Uh, you know, I'm not actually. Okay. So Xamarin is, um, it, it allows you to use .NET code and it uh, provides a layer of portability between Android and iPhone. Uh, so, or, or other, I think you can do Windows Phone as well. Uh, but it allows you to, to write once and, and compile for multiple platforms. Okay. So we wrote uh, the Android app in Xamarin and um, it's been deployed for Android. We're going to take a look and then look at bringing it over to iOS. Okay, so Xamarin is a cross-platform uh, SDK or that helps you write uh, across different platforms. You know, the, the one thing I found with cross-platform uh, tools, I mean, they're absolutely great. I've written a lot of apps with Titanium Studio, the, uh, uh, the software from Appcelerator. And what I found is that it's sometimes, even though it's cross-platform, it's a little bit challenging to just write an app across all platforms. It's almost like you need to use the software to write one specific for one platform and then do another version for the other even even though it's a cross-platform uh, software or tool is that, is that a fair assessment i think it is a fair assessment uh, we we started we started out with xamarin for um exactly that reason and, and we are running into some stumbling blocks there um but uh but at its core um i love the idea and uh, you know, for people thinking, do I do Android? Do I do iPhone first? You know, it seems to be an ongoing debate. <laughs> what did you, how did you come up with Android first before iPhone? Was it because of a technical reason or was it because of a strategic reason? Uh, you know, perhaps you can give us some insight into your thought process on that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I, I wish I could say that uh, we struck a huge committee and did a lot of market research on it. The truth is <laughs> um, it, boi it, it, it boiled down to uh, we, we, you know, we have we, we have primarily Windows development tools. Uh, we do have we have a Mac app as well, um, but our, our, our primary development happens on Windows. Um, so to develop for iOS, even with Xamarin, requires uh, requires Macintosh hardware requires more more stuff than we like we we're just better at windows that's that's uh that's part of it so because you can develop for android on windows that was a big part of the uh the decision the specific developer who was working on it um is also is also a windows guy so we figured it was it was best to to start out with android uh reality is android does have more market share ios has a very strong market share in north america it is a bit of a, a toss-up uh, but just all things on balance, it made sense for us to 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 start with Windows, where we have the tools and the hardware, and the you know quite frankly the the additional expertise, and uh, and then port it over to iOS at that time. You know, Corey, it's good that you're on because uh, I often overlook Windows uh, as the uh, platform for building mobile apps, and it would be good to get a sense from you maybe the percentage of, I don't know if you know any figures or anything, or you can just give us an, an insight. Is it worth building for Windows 8? You know, you hear a lot of news to say it's not worth it uh, because it's just not a mature uh, app market and there's there's not the usage of, of Windows, uh, mobile mobile Windows to justify uh, building a mobile app. Is that a wrong, you know, have you seen it that it, that it is worth it and uh, every app developer should be focusing on also building for Windows? Um, it's uh, it, it, it's hard to say at this point. So our Windows 8 app is quite new. Uh, the people who have been using it are loving it to pieces. Now, to your point, I have been hearing from lots of folks, why are you developing for Windows? Android and iOS um, are, are simply more popular. Um, 
I happen to be <laughs> apparently one of the few who strongly believes in the Windows platform. And so you can look to your point, you can look at it in one of two ways. You can look at it as it's not a big market um, or it's not a big market yet. And so my, my sense is, um, just knowing some of the nitty gritty and what's going on with Windows 8, um, I, I, I'm, I'm a very firm believer in that platform. Is it paying off for me right now? Am I, am I, do I have people throwing money at me because I've got a Windows 8 up? No, uh, it's, not, it's, it's not happening right now. Um, but we, you know, we, we do have it as something additional that, um, that, that our customers can enjoy. And I can tell you that, that uh, many of our customers really do enjoy it. Yeah, so you don't get too many negative uh, reviews then on uh, the app. You know, it's interesting. We had uh, like a guest, uh, I think it was episode 74, Robin Hallett, who uh, was one of the few people that we've had on that actually uses a Windows um, phone. And she was talking me through it and it sounded great. I mean, the stuff on there, especially the, you know, the integration, I guess, with Xbox, the fact that uh, the voice recognition coming out on the Windows phone is are going to be the voice of Halo uh, on Xbox. Um, and yeah, it just sounds like a really interesting... Have you, is that what you carry around and use primarily for your device? I, I have all three, so I have... Uh, <laughs> <Windows>. <laughs> You're cheating. <laughs> you can't make I do, have, I, I do have a Windows phone, um, and I should uh, send a little hat tip to, to Microsoft on that one for sending me a developer device. Um, and I also have an iPhone and an Android. Uh, my... my um, my favorite device in terms of actually using is actually the Windows Phone. It, the, the biggest challenge with Windows Phone in particular, and, and I want to make a draw a distinction here between Windows Phone and Windows 8 because they are slightly, right now, different animals. Uh, the biggest challenge with, with Windows Phone is the, the dearth of apps. Um, the, you know, for example, if I want to have my Starbucks card, um, you know, silly as it sounds, it's nice to be able to use it on an Android or an iPhone. Right now, that's not available on um, on, on a Windows phone. In time, it may or may not come. But in terms of actually using the phone and enjoyment of the phone, I, I actually do really quite enjoy the, the platform itself of, of, of the Windows phone. Yeah, I think that's the biggest disadvantage, isn't it? You, the, the dearth of apps from the App Store. Uh, I mean, as an app developer, there's uh, clearly less competition. I mean, if I want to launch an app, uh, I might be competing against 1,000, 2,000 different versions of that app that's already been done. So... Uh, you know, maybe there's a, an argument for less competition, but uh, I guess as a user of uh, the Windows Mobile, then uh, we, we do rely on apps. Uh, I mean, I, I live day to day on apps, and uh, uh, not to get the full uh, array of apps that you know almost become. I, I think there was a statistic recently that uh, uh, Facebook users, for example, I mean, as Facebook, I guess, is on uh, Windows Mobile. Um, but but it's about ninety. Oh, uh, it's about nine hundred and sixty minutes per month on average that people spend on Facebook, and fifty six percent of that is on a mobile device only. So, wow, uh, you know, uh, and that's just that's just an example of uh, one app, uh, obviously a very popular app. But uh, the the recent statistics from Flurry, for example, Flurry, uh, the mobile analytics uh, company that I use, uh, I think they're uh, the, maybe the world's biggest. Uh, but they are uh, seeing that uh, in terms of iOS and Android, about uh, a very high percentage, somewhere in excess of 80% of, uh, app, uh, of usage of the phone is within a native app, 
uh, and I think 14% only in a browser, 14% in a browser on a mobile phone. So what that's suggesting is people are using their phones uh, with native apps, primarily with native apps. Yeah, uh, I mean, the convenience of using an app, there's just stuff you can do with an app that you can't do in a browser, no matter how good that browser is, at least today. Maybe that'll change, I'm not sure. Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, I'm sure you'll have the last laugh if I uh, have a chat with you next year and uh, Windows is dominating and uh, uh, iPhone's probably <laughs> <laughs> blown up or something. Uh, so this is the App Guy podcast, Corey. We love talking about apps. And one of the things that we do is we try to flesh out an idea for an app. Now, irrelevant of which platform it's on, it's, you know, it's in terms of the, the problems uh, that can be solved with an app. And so either... It, you could answer this in a way of, do you have any great app ideas uh, that are not part of Instant House Call? Maybe, you know, a new app idea that you could share with us and we could steal it from you. <laughs> or, <laughs> or or instead of that, maybe then we... we so do you have any app ideas at all? Have you, have you, um, you know, thought... I, I do. Thought, um, I, I do, and, and the, the answer to that is, is constantly, as my wife will only halfly enthusiastically agree to. Um, I, I, it's, it's very, very often that I'll, I'll you know, tap her on the shoulder and say, hey, what do you think of this idea? What do you think of that idea? Um, and I, there, there are so many ideas floating around and so many opportunities in, in the app world um, that it, it, it's just... It, it, it's just amazing. There, there are, there's really, if you can dream it, you can make it. And it, it, it's just, it's a very exciting time, I think. Yeah. And do you, do you know what, uh, have you got any speculation on what's coming for mobile phones? I mean, there's a lot of talk about uh, being able to read some uh, conditions on your, of, of health, uh, you know, for instance, taking uh, your temperature, uh, taking some kind of uh, heart rate, um, you know, and, and, mm -hmm. and just being, then you become more mindful of your own body and your own health. Have you got any speculation on what's what the future lies for mobile phones and I guess some, some apps as a result of that? Well, you, you can see a lot of the strategies from the, the big boys, Microsoft and Google, um, and where they're taking things. So, um, Google Glass, um, whether that's going to catch or not in its current form, I don't know. Um, I can tell you that I wouldn't personally wear one. Um, at least not, not out in public. Um, <laughs> Is that because you might get beaten up? Is that right? There's a lot of reports in the U.S. of uh, people getting beaten up because they got uh, Google Glass on. I'm, I'm, I'm not particularly worried about that. And you know what? Maybe if I tried one, my, uh, my opinion would change. Um, I can see, I can definitely see opportunities there for research or construction or uh, a million other places. I think, I think that there will be applications for it, but I can't picture myself walking onto the subway and saying, okay, glass. It just doesn't, it's just not something I can see myself doing. Now, having said that, I probably would have said that about lots of things that I do today. So maybe I need to revisit that when the time comes. Um, I, yeah, I, so I just honestly, on that Google Glass, I mean, it's really fascinating. I saw a German company has been experimenting with uh, warehouses and they're getting their staff to uh, walk around with Google Glass. And so instead of uh, having a clipboard, they use glass to show them where the items are that need collecting or when they need to be sort of dropped off. And uh, and it's 
the only challenge is that no one wants to wear them but when they do wear them the <laughs> usage is uh, is amazing and that you know that application and you almost think in terms of your business as well instant house call i mean i'm sure there's there could be some applications uh, for google glass on on that I, 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 I'm sure that there can be. Um, we will see when, when they get rolled out. Uh, it's quite possible that we'll be looking at that as, uh, as an opportunity. Um, I, I can, in, in terms of industrial uses and commercial uses and medical uses, I think that there probably will be a pretty good opportunity with something like Google Glass. Uh, at the consumer level, again, I'm skeptical. Um, does that mean I'm right? No, absolutely not. There, there's a million and one things that uh, that could happen that that could uh, that could change that. Um, it's it's unwise for anyone to ignore any technology uh, and and say that it's not going to work because things reinvent themselves very very rapidly. People find applications for things that you never imagined, and that's part of our role as as app developers is to try to imagine them first and bring them to market. Yeah, that's great. Uh, you know, I'm almost thinking it's our role to imagine them first, but you know, not not try to uh, form a committee and say, right, we well, you know what what do we want an app to do, and trying to get some feedback from consumers. Just build the things, and then uh, see if see if it's well adopted. Uh, so, in terms of going back to the question, and thinking back of your last week, your last month, uh, is there anything that you've been seeing in your business that's been causing a little bit of a frustration for you, a pain point, for example? And and then maybe we could flesh out a, another idea for a, a new app, you know, that can, we can share to the audience. Yeah, sure thing. So uh, in terms of a pain point, I think we we touched on one um, a, few minute, a few minutes ago in, ter- in terms of the cross-platform development. Um, every platform has has its own um, idiosyncrasies and knowing not 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 just knowing them but working around them or working with them depending on the situation is is always a challenge uh so that's something that you know that 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 would be i'm sure a pain point for myself and for tons of other developers so android for example um you know it, it, with our our new app uh, for android let me give you a quick rundown on what that does just so just to add a little bit of context yeah, here um, it's it's called on-site. So right now, when you're remoting into someone's computer, you can fix software problems, no problem. Uh, but when there's a hardware problem, let's say someone's router isn't working, um, there's not much you can do. So what on-site does is it allows your customer to pull out their phone, point it at their router, and we use the phone's camera to transmit that image back to the support specialist uh, so they can see what's happening on-site. Uh, and then they'll coach their customer through, say, you know, plug the blue wire into the WAN port or the internet port. And, they, you know, you, you're able to see, is it, does it say WAN or internet? So you can communicate with your customer in a very meaningful way. Um, that sounds so, amazing. <laughs> and uh, almost it, it, immediately, you've just opened up about a thousand app ideas for not just, I guess, for your line of work, for almost anything in life where you're bringing the, you know, the the concept of using the camera to then uh, project an image back to a professional, an expert, who then can make a professional, uh, I guess, uh, solution or, you know, like a diagnostic of what the problem is. And that could be anything. Yeah, it's it's amazing that we've had it in beta for a week and a half, maybe two weeks. And um, I'm already hearing reports from folks in the field saying I helped someone with their stereo. And I'm like, that, that never occurred to me when we were developing this. Um, or, you know, or I helped someone find a server on a rack. When, when this was originally built, the original idea for it was literally that, that router example that I just gave you. 
uh, but people find different uses for it, and that and and that feedback from from our users helps guide the next iteration. And that's a constant thing. We're constantly changing, constantly responding to feedback from users, um, and it, it makes it 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 makes our our apps better. Yeah, I'm almost thinking as well that we had a, a guest on uh, a while ago who uh, had written in a Q&A within the app. And so it was ongoing feedback uh, that uh, mm-hmm. would mean that he got a lot closer to his, his users of his app uh, through this Q&A that was built within the app. And uh, that was just in terms yeah. of the way of feedback. Your, your, your users are the best. They, they provide the best inspiration that you'll ever get. Um, because again, back to that, the, the diversity of thought and the diversity of ideas, having an open channel with your users and uh, being genuinely open to what they have to say uh, really makes a difference. And it helps you with your own creative process and it helps you develop what people want. And they, there definitely has to be a filter. Um, you know, some, some users will come up with uh, an idea that may be fantastic for them but isn't necessarily marketable. So you, you, have, to, that, you, you have to build a, a little bit of judgment into that. Um, but having, having a good user community, and uh, fortunately we have a, a phenomenal bunch of customers who are very, very involved with, um, with everything. Um, having a good user community is completely indispensable. That's probably a challenge for some of the guys who are starting up is that they don't have that community yet. Um, and getting that, but getting that community built and having open lines of communication. Uh, in our case, we have a user voice site. Um, are, if, are you familiar with user voice? Yeah, uh, but is that when you say user voice? Is that some feedback on uh, the uh, desktop when you can uh, you can just provide immediate feedback through voice? Having a line of communications, having lines of communications open with uh, with your customers is of incredible importance, in my opinion. So, in our case, we have uh, a user voice site. The, that allows customers to you know, send feedback, send questions, provide comments, and if you look at uh, if you look at our user voice um, uh, site, you'll you'll notice that there are um, comments and criticisms and compliments uh, all all within there, and they're all very very helpful. So having that that line of communications open helps you with the creative process. It helps you provide better customer service. It lets your customers know that you're genuinely listening to their needs. Um, and uh, lets you provide feedback. Um, and the other really nice benefit of it is sometimes, from you know, from your own perspective, you only have to provide that feedback once because someone can look it up and they can see that that's already been answered. So having having that open line of communication, I cannot more highly highly recommend it. So I'll put that in the resources and some of the other things we've mentioned as well. So if if, uh, if you're listening, uh, just go to uh, theappguy.co. That's theappguy.co and uh, just go to the episode with Corey Fruitman and you'll see some links there to uh, the stuff that we're mentioning in, in particular, the user voice and the uh, platform as well. So, uh, Corey, before we say goodbye, I just wanted to know uh, if you were doing this again, is there anything you would perhaps do differently if you were building up a, the, your business again? Is this, is this something you could share, some parting advice for anyone who's perhaps in your shoes of all those years ago when you were just starting out? It's um, it, it's very easy for me to say what I would have done differently had I known what I know today. But I don't know that I would know today what I know if I hadn't if I hadn't jumped over those hurdles. So 
Um, I, I, I think probably the best thing to do is you, use your judgment along the way and recognize that sometimes it's going to be right and sometimes it's going to be wrong. But even when you're wrong, no matter what it ends up costing either financially or emotionally or strategically or whatever, know that when the, that those learning experiences are, are worth the cost of having them. Um, so if you make a mistake along the way, then chalk that up to a learning experience. Don't do it again and, uh, and, and recognize the value of that. Because when you try something, even if you fail, at least you know it won't work. Or if you try something and you succeed, then you know it does work and you continue to do it. But if, in terms of actually um, saying what I do something differently, um, I'm doing something differently every day. I, I, don't, uh, I, I, don't know that, um, I don't know that there's a prescription for it. Well, I love that. I love the fact that you are the result of your journey. And if you change the journey, maybe you change what you know now. And that could then change change the result. Uh, it's a little bit like the butterfly effect. And I, I love that because you're right. It, it, we may think that we're failing as we're going through uh, some of our journey. But ultimately, that leads then to uh, the successes. And I've interviewed so many different people who, uh, you know, explained how they've failed at something how it was a bit of a challenge but ultimately when you follow their story through you know their successes were built on the back of those experiences and uh, so if you're listening now and you're going through a hard time just remember that that could be actually providing the foundation for something really positively uh, successful going forward uh, Corey how best can we uh, reach out and connect with you um, is, there, is there a preferred way you you uh, I guess going to your website uh, instanthousecall.com but is there any other way that you feel that we can reach out to you and connect yeah absolutely um you're welcome to as you said go to instanthousecall.com uh, or i can be reached by email at cory c-o-r-e-y at instanthousecall.com great well cory uh, it just leaves me to say thanks very much for joining us on our show here the app guide podcast we're very appreciative you've you've obviously shared uh, you know your journey and we'd love to have you back at any point in time it sounds like uh, you're building a great uh, company there and a product and uh, i'd highly recommend everyone now go and check out instanthousecall.com uh, i'm going to go and check out also the uh, the resources that you've given us here um, but yeah thanks for coming on the app guy podcast and uh, you know if you ever want to uh, come back and talk about some of those app ideas that you're boring your wife with then uh, we're, we're very happy to listen <laughs> My wife gets so bored of me. (laughs) It's the curse of the entrepreneur. There's uh, a million ideas floating out there at any given time. Um, (laughs) But yeah, thank you very much for having me. It was a lot of fun. I would love to come back and uh, yeah, look forward to speaking with you again. Great. Uh, Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. If you want to be a guest on the show or suggest someone, then please send an email to info at onemob.com. The App Guy Podcast.